0: the Netherlands John I'm gonna have you say your last name for me though
1: the youngest passion uh, hi um, Melissa thanks for having me yeah
0: thank you so much for joining me now you're an author you have at least 11 books out and did I read that right
1: that's correct yeah number 11 just came out yeah
0: that is awesome what inspired you to start writing
1: well, I started to write uh, out of uh, sheer uh, frustration, uh, because I am a voracious reader already for decades. I read all kinds of books about uh, personal development, history, uh, personal finance, uh, uh, investment. And I could not find uh, the kind of books I like to read as a very factual, uh, very practical, uh, based on real people, on real stories. So I started to write uh, now 10 years ago, 11 years ago, uh, books that uh, combine uh, personal development, personal finance, um, business, marketing with history. So what I do in each book, I I go through dozens and dozens of uh, biographies Mm -hmm. of people uh, from different centuries, from different professions, uh, from different countries. And I draw uh, uh, practical uh, advice, practical recommendations that we, we can apply right away today.
0: That almost sounds like a new genre of writing, because I don't know of anyone that's doing that, looking at from yeah. the historical to the current.
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's really unusual. Uh, it just fits my uh, my background, my interest. Uh, I'm really passionate about history, but not the kind of history you learn at school, which is usually very boring and pretty much useless because what children uh, and all oh, think, I mean, teenagers, what they get uh, to learn at school is basically uh, empty uh, dates and events that uh, don't have any practical uh, implication, not... not uh, I mean, they cannot really figure out uh, what's the point of learning all this history. And, and the way I look at history is as a source of practical knowledge, I look at uh, real people in real situations uh, so that we can learn something. If you don't learn something practical from history, it's a complete waste of time.
0: Correct. And I say this all the time. Our history repeats itself. If we're not learning from it, we're just completely continuing a cycle. It doesn't matter if the history is from 10 years ago or 100 years ago. We have to be able to change it by learning from it.
1: Yeah, the problem is, uh, and I'm I'm really conscious uh, of the problem, because it requires uh, effort. I I understand perfectly that uh, many people don't have time to read books. Mm -hmm. Uh, It requires uh, to put in a few hours. Uh, You have to think about it, uh, what you read, and you have to see how to apply it. I try to write my books in in a way that uh, they can be read in in little pieces because each chapter is uh, self-contained. The stories are are really short. I really get to the point uh, when I present uh, a biography because in my uh, understanding, um, we only learn from stories. I mean, you can uh, read books about uh, personal development for, for years. But uh, when you're faced with a, with a problem like today, I mean today we're in this time of these virus uh, restrictions and lockdowns and this kind of story. When you're facing a problem, what you remember is the stories. And if you have uh, read many stories and you have seen many uh, situations in history, immediately when you're facing a problem, or when you fall sick, when you just lose your job, uh, when you're facing uh, business problems. Immediately, you will remember a story, you remember a situation that, uh, oh, this happened before, and I know this and this and this, and, and this problem has been already solved. Uh, the problem is you don't have this, uh, this perspective. Uh, we tend to become very, very stressed, very anxious. Uh, in the U.S., you have uh, millions of people, about 50 million people, uh, suffering from stress and from anxiety to an extent uh, that they have to take medication. And this is very bad. And I think uh, the problem is not so much um, uh, a, a chemical imbalance, although this could be the case in some cases. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a philosophical problem. You have to really uh, put in the time and the effort uh, to get familiar with uh, good examples from history mm-hmm. so that uh, you get the right perspective. Uh, otherwise, uh, it's very easy to get crazy uh, when you're facing a, a severe problem.
0: Right. We don't... <laughs> We're all in, this, in the house, basically stuck inside. So we had the choices of rediscovering ourselves, growing ourselves from our personal growth, or going crazy from being locked in.
1: Yes, and uh, one of the um, uh, principles I underline in, in my latest book, the, the title is Symmetry, is that uh, you also have to be uh, rather careful Uh, When you listen to stories and you read uh, magazines and and newspapers and you read about how people become successful and you see all this advice, uh, you see uh, movies and you see uh, a reality which is really uh, make-believe, it's not uh, how things happen. Mm -hmm. And It's very easy when you look at successful people. In in my books, I use biographies of uh, successful people and also unsuccessful people. Uh, sometimes people who, uh, who became very wealthy and then they lost everything because you learn also a lot from, uh, from failure. When you look at the stories, uh, you see that uh, many things that people believe, in particular what I underline in this book, is that uh, our tendency uh, to think uh, in a linear way, in a symmetric way, to assume that uh, what's going on today is going to continue tomorrow, that uh, you have to build... Uh, your life in a very secure, very uh, predictable way, very uh, linear, uh, is really misleading. Because uh, when you look at, uh, uh, in history, you look at people who became uh, very successful in different areas, in different countries, in different professions, you get a very different picture. Uh, Very rarely you find uh, linear careers. Uh, Very rarely um, uh, do you find uh, People who knew exactly what they wanted. Uh, very rarely will you find uh, people who have a very smooth career. This is this is fantasy. This is complete fantasy. And and unfortunately, if you get a book, you go to a bookshop and you get a book about personal development. I think 99% are preaching this uh, this very unrealistic uh, goal setting. Uh, um, uh, planning, and this kind of stuff, which is very good if you are in a very secure, predictable environment. But I think for most people, it's very unrealistic. And, and I'm not surprised that people read those books, and uh, five minutes later, they forget everything about it, because it's very impractical. Uh, in reality, when you look in history, and this is why I call the book Asymmetry, When you look at history and you see how people actually become successful and they built uh, very interesting careers, uh, good businesses, uh, happy um, uh, existences. When you look at people, you see that uh, pretty much most of them didn't have very clear goals. Uh, They had uh, a sense of direction. This is true, but not really goals in the sense that uh, people are preaching today. And most of them evolved. Uh, through failure, uh, into finding out uh, a, a way to, uh, to succeed. And we can go into different examples that I present in the book, but uh, you have to realize that what you watch in movies, and what you read in, uh, in fiction, uh, in novels, uh, is very unrealistic. Uh, and, and this, is, this explains uh, why so many people suffer from depression and anxiety, because they have a personal philosophy that is very unrealistic.
0: Right. We don't look at the ones, one of my best friends, okay, he's a motivational speaker, he's the CEO of a major company. Now, he went from being homeless, and he's very open about this. When he was little, he was homeless. And then he struggled, even when he was in the military, he started going with a career, and then he got down again. It took him three or four times of restarting before he got to where he's at. It isn't the unrealistic, it's not that you can't do it, sometimes you have to restart and reevaluate what you want in life.
1: Yes, and um, uh, you also have to, uh, to be willing uh, to stop doing what doesn't work, and this is, this is extremely difficult. In the book, for instance, I, I devote um, a chapter to the career of uh, Mozart, who was a great uh, uh, composer and performer musician, and he died very young. I mean, he actually died. Um, uh, I think in his early 30s, late 20s. I mean, very young, and he died basically of exhaustion. I mean, the guy was working 18 hours a day for years and years and years, and he could not really find. Uh, he could not really stop. Uh, doing um, small activities. Because uh, the the theory, the the principle I sustain in uh, in this chapter of the book is that uh, if you're like Mozart and you're talented, uh, maybe you are not a genius, but it doesn't matter. If you're talented and you have skills and you have uh, ambition and you're driven, uh, one of the most difficult things to do is to actually stop uh, doing things that are really nice but uh, are really um, wasting your time. And the problem with Mozart is he was so talented. He was doing everything. He was teaching music. Uh, he was writing small uh, pieces that uh, for for birthdays and for burials that were actually played only once. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, giving concerts and he was selling tickets and he was working 18 hours a day. And actually, uh, it was pretty obvious in the last uh, uh, eight years of his career, it was pretty obvious that he could have made a fortune just doing one thing, which was writing opera, because opera was the big business. The money in the, in the 18th century, uh, the money was in opera. All the rest was uh, peanuts. Huh? Uh, and Mozart was very good at, at writing music. But he never really uh, took the decision to say, wow, why on earth I am i wasting time giving uh, piano lessons? because he was making peanuts I and mean, it was a complete waste of time. He didn't like it, but he was afraid uh, to concentrate, to take a, a, a way that uh, he was not exploiting all his talents, because he could do everything. Everything he could compose, he could perform, he could organize concerts, but he had to focus on something that was not symmetric, because opera uh, for Mozart was very hard, because he had to to work with someone else, because he was not good at writing the lyrics. So eventually he teamed up with an Italian, his name was da Ponte, who was writing um, uh, the lyrics for the opera, and he became extremely successful, but he could not just concentrate. He had to do everything, and he kept working and working and working and working. And eventually, he died from a virus, like today many people, because they are so weak. Their immune system is so weak that uh, they just, uh, they just uh, stop living because they, they, they cannot resist uh, any disruption. So one of the messages from the book, don't do like Mozart. He was a genius, but he's not a good example. Uh, you have to find uh, an asymmetric uh, path that allows you to use your talents, your skills, uh, your resources in an optimal way. Don't try to, to chase every rabbit uh, because it doesn't work.
0: Right. But at the same time, the, the path you choose, the one that's the most challenging, is usually also the most rewarding. If most of it were to kept with the operas, like you said, he would have made a fortune. But it was harder for him because that was a challenge. And I don't – we look at it as we don't like challenges. We like the easy way out.
1: Well, um, they, I mean, it's easy to see the, the, the answer when you look uh, in perspective. I mean, when you see the end of the story, I mean, it's easy for me to say, okay, Mozart should have done this and this and this. And I go through many uh, biographies in the book uh, explaining what works and what doesn't work. But I think the problem comes when, when you see people who are successful and they give you a version of the story that uh, is very much, um, uh, I would say is very appealing because it sounds very cute, but it's not really, it's not really what uh, made it successful. Let me just give you an example. One of the great uh, authors in the field of uh, personal development is uh, Dale Carnegie. He's an American writer. He wrote books about uh, public speaking and uh, influencing people and this kind of stuff. I mean, he sold, uh, I think, millions of books. And when people read the books, and the books are very interesting because many uh, ideas in the books, I think, are correct. But you get the idea that uh, Carnegie became very successful because he was following these principles, and it is not true. When you look at his career, career is perfectly asymmetric. I mean, the guy didn't become uh, uh, from one day to the other, a best-selling author, he was completely the opposite. He was a salesman, and he was struggling to make a living, and eventually he decided to change his career in a completely asymmetric way. He became um, a student, and he took um, a course in New York in the uh, Academy of uh, Dramatic Arts. He graduated. He wanted to be an actor, but he could not find a job. So eventually, he started uh, to teach um, uh, evening courses for adults at the YMCA. Uh, he started to think, OK, what could I teach? Because his uh, background was in acting. And eventually, after trying different things, he came out uh, to, to teach uh, public speaking. He, he wrote notes. And then after 10 years, he wrote a book that didn't sell. And then he continued. And eventually, he became a Wesleyan writer like 20 years later. But it's not that he became a best-selling writer by applying his principles of how to influence people and make friends and this kind of stuff. So when you look at history and you look at these careers, and this is why I call the book asymmetry, because you have to see what is behind. And it's very misleading when you see someone who is a very successful uh, whatever, businessman or, or writer or, or a, a musician, You have to see what is behind. You have to see how he became successful in reality because it is not what it looks like. And just the example of Dale Carnegie is very intriguing because when you read his uh, books, he never really tells you how he became so successful. I mean, his his ideas are very interesting, but uh, you have to see uh, the principles behind. And this is the purpose of this book, uh, to show the real principles, how all these people became successful and principles you can actually apply in your life because it's very good uh, to follow the ideas uh, to make friends and to influence people, but uh, millions of people have read uh, the book and I can tell uh, very few who can actually uh, uh, become wealthy uh, by doing that.
0: Very true. We have so many things within our history. If we look at any icon, no one explains how they did it, especially if you go back to from the 60s back we assume how they did it from our ideas but our ideas are not always symmetrical with the truth of how they actually worked from 16 18 hours a day sleeping three to four hours just to go do whatever they needed to to become successful we look at successes as they are overnight. And in, in reality, they're not.
1: Yeah, th- this is uh, true. And <clears throat> uh, the the point of the book is to show an asymmetric way, not to show because they, if I just tell you, okay, if you want to be against a you just work harder and harder like Mozart, you work uh, 20 hours a day, eventually you will collapse. Uh, and then I don't think you will get uh, very far. So you have to find other ways. So it's very misleading to read the stories. I mean, if you don't get into the, into the key uh, facts, um, the stories are very nice, but uh, you have to be rather careful. Another point I, I really would like to underline in the book is that the asymmetry uh, principle also applies in other areas, not only in uh, business. For instance, uh, it has really a huge application in the area of uh, health uh, because I analyze also uh, different uh, people. Uh, very famous uh, herbal experts. And one of the principles you see in history is that um, when people uh, uh, adopt a a healthy lifestyle, a holistic lifestyle, an organic, natural lifestyle, uh, one of the things they do is that uh, they don't face their problems uh, one-to-one. It's not that, okay, I have a headache and I have to take this medicine. No, it's not like this. Uh, People take a completely asymmetric uh, approach uh, to health, and they adopt uh, habits and they adopt uh, um, um, uh, nutrition uh, patterns that uh, they are generally healthy. But it's not that they are good just for for avoiding headaches. They are good for everything. So by taking an asymmetric approach, you don't have to worry about uh, specific uh, conditions. Uh, because uh, basically if you are having a, a, a healthy lifestyle or a healthy nutrition, it's going to help you in every way. Uh, the, the mentality that uh, you have to wait uh, until you get a specific problem, and say, okay, I now have this virus, because now we are apparently the only problem in the world is the virus, and then I have the virus and I have to find a way to get rid of this virus. Well, it, it doesn't work like this. If you look at uh, history, you look at uh, at the history of medicine and you you see great healers, they have uh, an asymmetric approach and people come to them with problems and say, I have this and this problem. And they say, okay, I want to see the whole picture because uh, to actually try to solve a little problem without seeing what is behind, uh, it really doesn't work because he can give you some medication or some, uh, I don't know, herbal preparation for the headache. But next day, you come back because you have, I don't know, uh, back pain, and then it's something else. Uh, You have to really see the full picture. In the book, I devote a whole chapter to this, uh, to some famous uh, herbalists and healers, uh, to really try to open the eyes of the reader uh, to this fact, because uh, you have to really get rid of this symmetric linear mentality, because it's very dangerous.
0: Mm -hmm. It is. We... We can learn so much from our history. We can learn so much from public figures. We can learn so much from stories. But at the same time, holistic medicine is something from our past that we need to incorporate into today, but it has to be done correctly. It can't just be overnight. Hey, I'm going to go all uh, natural. No, there's a whole mindset that has to go along with being all natural, or there's a mindset you need to have. And doing whatever you're doing it's not just one thing that you change and it's easy you have to also change your change your brain
1: yes and, and one of the things I really learned uh, when doing the research for the book
0: mm-hmm.
1: is that uh, to find asymmetric symmetric uh, ways uh, you don't need to be super precise as long as you keep uh, exploring different um, different ways uh, to to grow in terms of uh, your personal finances, uh, your, your business, your, your health, uh, you eventually find a symmetric way. And I, I, in, the, in the book, I, I present uh, really many, many different samples from different areas where people were completely lost. Uh, some people were very ambitious. They wanted to build a career, a business, but uh, they, they, they could not uh, do it easily because, for instance, uh, just to give you another example, in the, in the area of business, I present uh, uh, the biography of Marshall Field, was a great uh, retailer in the U.S. in the late uh, um, 19th century and beginning of the 20th century. He built a great uh, department store in, um, in Chicago, and this guy was trying to become successful for, for decades. Uh, he, he, he was working in retail. He was uh, trying different companies. And at a certain point, he realized, and this is super important uh, in principle that uh, I underline in the book, that he could not compete symmetrically. He could not just uh, compete on price. Like uh, all his um, uh, competitors, they were mostly doing discounts. Uh, most of them were losing money. Uh, they had uh, really shabby uh, uh, retail operations. And Marshall Field realized that uh, it was almost impossible to make money like this. So eventually he found an asymmetric uh, way. He uh, actually uh, closed down some of his uh, shops that were marginally profitable to concentrate on on high margin uh, items. Uh, He reduced his inventory to focus on things that uh, had high quality. Uh, He offered uh, unconditional refunds. Uh, to attract uh, uh, regular customers, and he improved the customer service, and he became a very successful retailer. While everybody else basically was losing money, uh, the the warehouse, the the department store of Marshall Field in Chicago was making uh, a lot of money. And this is a principle you need to adopt in every area. Uh, If you just keep doing what everybody else is doing, if you take a symmetric approach and you just Compete face to face. You compete uh, on price. You compete by putting more hours. It is not. uh, It is not promising. Uh, It rarely works. You have to find an asymmetric approach to do something different, to do something else. And if you need to take time to explore different avenues, do it. It might take some years to find the answer, but it's the way to do it. Uh, It is not by doing the same more and more and more that you are going to get uh, better results.
0: Correct. And we see this right now with businesses closing down, like, I don't know how it is in the Netherlands, but here in the U.S., we have a lot of businesses going out of the business because they're closing because of this pandemic. Well, now it's not the time to close. Now is the time to expand and work on what you can once you're able to open from the pandemic. You don't want to let your employees go. You want to hire more employees. You don't want to... Just work on one little thing. You want to see what's profitable in your market before this pandemic, and concentrate on that, and then expand that one thing that was marketable and grow.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's very difficult um, uh, if you if you don't have this this uh, mentality. It's very difficult to change because. I mean, I can I really understand if you had uh, been building a, a, a small retail business or a, a restaurant and then you close down for one day to the next, it's very difficult uh, to find a solution. But uh, generally speaking, uh, when you're facing disruptions like today, because we are talking about disruption for a few weeks, I mean, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But uh, it can be very hard if you, if you live uh, in a restaurant that, uh, or a business that needs a lot of cash flow. But uh, when you look in history, these situations have uh, taken place hundreds of times. At least, okay, Maybe not in the same way because the virus, this pandemic is, uh, is, uh, is new in a sense. But we have these disruptions in different ways uh, in history hundreds of times. And you see the people who actually took uh, a philosophical approach and said, okay, I cannot work normally because I am uh, prevented from uh, traveling or from whatever. I cannot really run my business. But how am I going to use this time? And if you are uh, sort of uh, forced to do something else for a few weeks, it's a good uh, point in time to develop new products, uh, to find ways to improve your productivity, uh, to redesign your business. Uh, you can do many things. You can use it. You have to use the time. In an asymmetric uh, way, because you cannot work normally. You have to do something else. But still, uh, you can use the time very productively. And you see in history many, uh, I present many biographies in the book, people who were forced sometimes, uh, they were sick for a few weeks or a few, sometimes a few months or a few years. And they use the time uh, to think about what they want in life, to develop new skills, uh, to really uh, prepare themselves for a comeback. And eventually, as soon as they were back on their feet, uh, they they book uh, progress very, very quickly. But uh, this requires a a change of mentality. You cannot just uh, grow anxious, grow depressed, because uh, it is not going to solve the problem. You need to take an asymmetric uh, approach.
0: Correct. Now, we're almost out of time. So where can our listeners find you and your books?
1: Yeah, I'm very, very easy to find. Uh, if you type uh, my name, uh, John Vespasian, on, on the internet, on any uh, search engine, uh, you will find immediately the books. They're available in different uh, outlets, in Amazon, of course. Uh, you will find my blog. There are hundreds of uh, free articles. There is also a free newsletter. I'm very, very easy to find. Just type uh, John Vespasian on the internet.
0: Awesome. I would thank you so much for joining me all the way from the Netherlands today.
1: Many thanks uh, to you, Melissa.
0: And have a wonderful evening. or Yeah, you're in evening right now. So have a wonderful evening, John. And whenever you want to come back on, just let me know.
1: Many thanks, uh, Melissa. Have a nice weekend. Bye.
0: Bye.